1: Keep calm and carry on, right? Mm. Yeah, fat chance of that. There's panic on the streets of London, panic on the streets of Birmingham, and they haven't even played India and New Zealand yet. When the captain of an English sports team utters the words, our fate is in our own hands, it's time to raise the alarm. I'm Phil Walker, and this is the Wisdom Daily Daily Podcast, in partnership with Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979. And I'm joined by Joe Harmon, who spent a day at Laws watching Australia... Well, they've given England a lesson, really, in how to play grown-up, hard-boiled tournament cricket. Uh, but don't weep too hard for our hero, because he's off to Glastonbury tomorrow. Joe, is your head already still in uh, Somerset, or are you unable to shake what's happened today?
2: It wasn't It wasn't the send-off I was hoping for. I was just thinking, actually, by the time I get back on Sunday, uh, England could potentially be out of, out of this World Cup, which uh, is not something I thought I'd say um, only a few, a few days ago, really. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty bleak time, um, particularly given the expectations ahead of this tournament Um, not just the fact they've lost but the manner of that defeat as well, I mean if you you take Ben Stokes out of the equation as well that would have been not only a something but a complete humiliation, Um, so yeah difficult, difficult times Uh, I mean you're thinking they probably need to win two games from here Um,
1: based on the last two games it's it's hard to see them doing that but we know they've got the talent, Uh, it's just whether they can kind of pull their heads together in the time they've got Okay, it, already it's moved into gallows humour time, hasn't it with with talk of that last game being a dead rubber, that being England's smug concern f- a few weeks ago that the tournament was going to rather drift to the end with England already qualified. well, it might be a dead rubber for all the wrong reasons, but anyway, we'll come to that in a moment the The brass tax is that England have sunk to a sixty five run defeat uh, to Australia, the five time world champions who have now become the first team to qualify. For this year's semi-finals, it's the first time in four years that England have lost back-to-back games of ODI cricket. Uh, And Owen Morgan is still insisting that they bowled well up front, they batted pretty well, uh, and that everything is rosy. Joe, what's been your moment from this rather chastening day?
2: Um, Yeah, I I think that's got to be Mitchell Starks, Yorker. Um, Ben Stokes, I thought, played a a brilliant innings today um, for the second game in a row he showed a calm head whilst others around him were, were failing to do so it, it, you wouldn't have thought uh, in recent times you'd say Ben Stokes is the cool head that England need but that has been the way it's, it's looked so far in this tournament and, and it was going to take something special to, to get rid of him today I think it was a brilliantly special delivery from Mitchell Stark that, that in swinging Yorker knocking back the, the base of off stump um, and the way kind of Stokes just dropped his bat and sort of aimed a forlorn kick at it I thought kind of Summed up his effort, England's effort. I mean, he can't do it on his own. Almost that was seems to be what, what the impression was as he as he aimed that kick. Um, yeah, he's yeah, his bo-
1: was... his box office isn't he, Stokes? Even when he gets out. it was such a such a brilliantly dramatic reaction. And as you say, it did did sum up the the impotence of that chase really, because it had landed on his shoulders as it indeed did three or four days ago against Sri Lanka. Um, two 80s now back to back for Stokes, both. Both in vain. Uh, ball of the tournament, would you say? I can't think of a better one.
2: Um, Lockie Ferguson to per Bessie was, was quite a good one. Yep, yep. Um, but I think given the situation, given the players involved as well, I think you'd say, say that would have to be. I thought Stokes bowled really well himself as well. I thought it was slightly odd that he only got used for, for six overs
0: there. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he, he bowled one over, didn't he? Uh,
2: 15th over, I think. Old one over spell and has taken out of the attack. Came back and bowled four really good overs. Got Kuharja out, which actually kind of sparked that mini collapse. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, England could have been facing a, a lot more. Let's remember as well. Well, well uh, let's then-
1: let's let's come to their um, erratic bowling performance. And I agree with you, incidentally, on, on Stokes. I thought he should have come on earlier. I thought I thought he should. It was perfect conditions for him. But let's come to that in a little bit. I want to look at this latest uh, slide by England's batsmen. So this is now. Three chases in in seven games in the World Cup that they've failed to execute, and of course now four in eight if you count the Australia warm up game as well. Um, it began with James Vince uh, who missed a straight ball, a good ball from Berendorf who came into the side, medium fast, swinging into his pads, uh, but it wasn't really the shot of an opening batsman. Um, he stumbled off disconsolately. Do you think he kind of should have? Just kept on walking out out of Lords, Joe, because it's hard to see he's going to feature much again for England, certainly in one-day cricket. That
2: that felt to me like his last innings for England across any formats. I think he's he's had enough chances. Yeah, I just think he's had enough chances. I think you never know. The problem with Vince is he's never been a player that just goes and absolutely tears up in county cricket and has a huge season behind him. He's had one big year a few years back, but he generally doesn't average kind of fifty plus. So he's got to do quite a lot to force his way in, and I think the the goodwill of he's a brilliant player. He'll eventually come good. is he's, he's wearing thin pretty rapidly. I think it's worn pretty thin with with uh, England followers on Twitter a long time back, and I think that is going to catch up with with him now as well. I mean, the, yeah, the, it was a good ball he got, but the, the position he ended up in kind of showed how all over the shop he was. I thought, and just I mean, so that's his 39th uh, innings for England across all formats. Uh, he's not scored 100 yet. Um, and if you look at Jason Roy,
0: he'd scored 300s in his last eight knocks, mm-hmm. 350s in there as well. So the
2: drop-off you've got from yeah. Roy to Vince is absolutely huge. Uh, and it just I remember, I, I think it might have be been before the tournament, um, I heard Morgan talking about the, uh, the Roy-Bersto partnership, and mm-hmm. not only the intimidation factor that has on opposition, but also the confidence that just flows through the dressing room as they get off to another start, they're going at 7-8 and over. The the other players think, well, I can can go out there and and do that. And that is what is absolutely lacking now. I mean, that's just not what happens when James Vince walks out to bat. None of us have got to to the point where none of
0: us really expect him to score around Springland, which is such a shame for such a talented player. But that is how it feels. And I wonder if it feels. Similar in the
2: England dressing room. They certainly don't have the confidence. They can't have the confidence in him that they do in Jason Roy because they haven't seen him do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It sounds a bit dramatic to say he won't play for England again, but I just, I, I get that feeling. I, I can't see how he'd play in the Ashes uh, this summer. And then he's, he's 28 now. It's not old, but you hope that more exciting young batting talent will come through and that he wouldn't necessarily need
1: another chance. Four four fifties for England in in 41 uh, innings, international innings, rather does speak for itself, especially with a player who does tend to bat in the top order. Playing devil's advocate though, Joe, James Vince's inability to deal with that in-swinging Yorker, albeit from a bowler, slower than start. What were the differences between Root and him in this this particular innings? Both of them ended up in a horrible position. Both of them were trying to play it initially through mid-off, ended up trying to yank it through mid-on and miss missed comfortably was there really any difference other than one of perception between those two those two inability unable attempts
2: or um well i think what we saw that was a kind of the the test dismissal we kind of got used to seeing joe root call for wasn't it as he's mm-hmm. kind of falling over himself and getting getting caught on that that front pad i guess the, the, the obvious difference is that root scored a lot of runs and and vince hasn't so you you obviously have a bit more patience with someone who uh who's done it repeatedly through this tournament i mean He was due a low score. It was unfortunate it came in a a game where, you know, really, I think, probably had had to win the way things are going. Yeah, and you can't lay too much blame at Root's door for anything that's gone wrong in this World Cup, I wouldn't say.
1: I'm just just arguing, though, that if if people... Maybe you didn't, but if people thought that James Vince should have started this game, that he deserved uh, what would only be his third third hit in this World Cup, uh, and... You know, he made a good 60-odd against Australia in the last warm-up game as well. So, it's only really his third innings of any real note following a decent knock against Australia. And he gets a ball that is a decent decent nut, very, very decent nut, as good a nut as Joe Roots. And Root was unable to, to deal with him. Should we be piling in on Vince as, as heavily as, no doubt, social media has been?
2: Yeah, fair enough. I, I see your point. And, but this is about more than one dismiss, isn't it? It's a build-up of frustration over, over years now, actually, um, being in and out of the side. This is... This is not going to be the... It might be the kind of nail in the
0: coffin, but it, it, it extends way beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think
2: it just gets to the point... You, you start to feel whether the players are going to be a success at international level or not. And yeah. and at some point, the selectors have to be, well, Well, well perhaps there are better, better options out there. And I mean, so the selectors know much better than me, but that that's the feeling I've had for a little while now. I, I personally can't visualise him producing the performances that England need out of him in,
1: in any format. Mm-hmm. Just in brackets, uh, I've watched uh, Dominic Sibley get runs again today here at the Oval. Um, oh, okay, I had a look at his record. If we are just going to throw it forward to the Ashes, then I think he's very much in that in that scrap for that opening berth alongside Rory Burns. And with each passing day, James Vince, who of course was encouraged to open the batting in four day cricket at the start of the season, he becomes ever further away from that that reckoning, doesn't he? You'd yeah, have thought so, and also, I mean simply is the, is the type of batsman that,
2: that kind of more traditional, solid opener that, that I think probably England are looking for having tried a fl- few more
0: flashy options mm-hmm. that haven't succeeded, mm-hmm. unless it's Jason Roy, but there's probably room
1: for Jason Roy and an opener uh, and Burns. Roy, Roy at three, yeah, maybe, in the test side. More pressingly, are we going to see Jason Roy again in this tournament? What's the, the latest? Well, they, they seem to be hopeful that he'll play against India, but then they were hopeful that it today,
2: so I don't know, I don't know I don't know if that's kind of just managing expectations uh, perhaps not even wanting to let opposition know that he's not going to be available so I mean, my guess is is, 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 is no more than that really, but mm-hmm. it's now got to the point as well, I guess if there was any they didn't want him to play today, get injured and be ruled out for the, for the rest of the tournament now you come to India, it's like well if he's if he's 75% fit you probably throw him in there, as long as he can run between the wickets obviously, but I think their, their fear of future injuries will probably be lessened now, just because
1: they need to win this game it's a it's a it is a do or die game in this in the world cup well indeed the future can go hang they've got to go and win on on sunday at exactly. Exactly. against india um talking of players who 75% fit ben stokes was hobbling by the end of his innings
2: yeah i mean that that obviously was concerning um he always has Something or other going on, doesn't he? He's just that sort of—he's just sort of that kind of character. Yeah. And for some reason, when it Stokes, I don't—I don't kind of worry too much. I just assume that he'll—he'll—he'll he'll get, he'll get through it. He'll put it uh, out. Yeah. So I don't know the specifics on that. I mean, was there any suggestion? I wasn't actually listening to TV commentary. Was there a suggestion there it was—it was cramp or that it was a particular injury?
1: Hard to say. Calf—calf calf, uh, injury. Certainly treatment on his calf uh, by the physio. Who Atherton revealed had his jaw broken in five places by Ben Stokes in the nets last year. So. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, where, where, wherever wherever our hero goes uh, stories tend to follow him around don't they and um, he was brilliant today ben stokes uh, with with bat, but also with ball as well. Six very yeah. tight overs. Was given the the falls, errand, if you like, of having to bowl the 50th. And I think he went for 10 from the last three deliveries. But aside from that, I thought he was excellent. He should have bowled earlier in conditions that were tailor-made for him. You, you remember as well, of course, he's bowled well in test cricket at Lord's. Swung it around corners. So, Lord's suits Ben Stokes. I thought Morgan was a bit too ponderous, really. And uh, his seamers didn't really deliver for him in that first hour. No,
2: I didn't. And I, I actually I started to wonder at that. In that uh, bowling innings, whether Stokes maybe was carrying an injury because he was big used so sparingly, but then the fact he bowled the final over suggested that probably wasn't the case, and it was just Morgan opting for different different bowlers. Yeah, uh, but Stokes didn't concede a boundary in his first five overs, which is pretty impressive given given what was going on. I think Wood conceded nine in his nine uh, overs. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd have definitely like to see him being brought on earlier. Perhaps Morgan was a bit concerned about some kind of injury. Uh, maybe that's what we saw kind of. Coming out when he was when he was battling there. Do, do, um, do you think
1: Morgan's kidding himself when he says um, we bowled well up front?
2: I think there is a. I think he, he staunchly backs his players, doesn't he? So I think that's that's the first thing to say. He's not going to come out and openly criticise his players after a defeat like that. I think that's just counterproductive. Right. Um, he's he's pragmatic enough to, to know what to say and when to say it, and he can be Morgan's quite good at being brutally honest. If they've won but not played particularly well, he's quite good at criticising the players then. But if they've mm-hmm. lost. His mm-hmm. first inst- instinct is to defend them, kind of like some football managers we, yeah. we see. And I don't really have a problem with, with that. As long as he's being honest with himself, that's that's the main thing. Yeah. Crickviz said, I saw a Crickviz stat that actually England bowled more fuller deliveries today than any stage in the World Cup previously. So to say they were dropping short too much wasn't was, was right.
1: So they, they bowled a fuller length than at any other stage during the World Cup, according to Crickviz? That, I, I believe that was the right. case, yeah. Interesting.
2: Um... But
1: I they were just, they were a little bit unlucky, weren't they? Up to a point, they didn't they didn't bowl as well as they should have done. And considering the overhead conditions, they would have obviously been frustrated. But they were a little bit unlucky as well. If you're talking about critical moments, the LBW decision that went against them uh, with Aaron Finch that was turned down on the field and shown to be yeah. umpire's call that was a, that was a huge moment. As indeed was the hapless James Vince who couldn't hang on to one in the in the cup in the covers.
2: Yeah, I mean that would have been an absolute absolute scream. I don't think we can blame him for that one at all. Uh, I just
1: thought we we're not, piling on him Joe I I thought
2: on on that one I'll I'll let him (laughs) on Um, the the LB though wasn't it
1: six overs in the LBW that was a crucial moment
2: that that, that was a big moment I think there was another critical that I saw which was that um, Australia played a higher percentage of of false shots in the first ten overs Any side since 2017 not to lose a wicket in the first 10 overs. So, so they so they did ride their luck initially, but initially, but then I thought actually, perhaps because England hadn't got that breakthrough in in conditions where they
0: really needed to, Mm -hmm. then they started to lose their discipline from about the 10th over. Yeah, Uh, Mark Wood didn't bowl especially well today, having been. Brilliant so far in this in this mm-hmm. competition. He came back quite well actually, but his first ball wasn't wasn't especially good. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it, they did let it slip a little bit. That their discipline went. Their
2: fielding wasn't great as well. I mean, the Josh Butler missed that stumping opportunity uh, to get Quashar on nine. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also some just poor. Fumbles really bad, one by Joffrey Archer, one by Chris Wokes, I can remember. Some overthrows by Owen Morgan. Just these things that we're just not not being used to seeing from from this England side. And there was one point, actually, I don't know if it got caught on on TV, but there was a drive out to the boundary, which Joffrey Archer did a really good stop on the boundary. but then took a little while getting up and getting the throw in, and Stokes was was not best pleased.
1: Yeah, I was kind of
2: motioning him to to speed up, and it just, it it wasn't a big deal, I'm not saying there's any friction there at all, but it just, it showed the frustration, I think, that, I think Stokes feels like he's kind of, almost kind of carrying this side at the moment, and perhaps not getting the support uh, he needs. We've certainly seen that with the batting, that he's been left stranded against Sri Lanka and left without much support again today. (laughs)
1: All right then, Joe, to Australia. It's time to be very afraid, isn't it?
2: It is, well we've sort of been saying that for a little while now, um, and I think the evidence
0: now is unfortunately overwhelming that they are better than most people thought, better than perhaps they
2: even themselves thought, uh, yeah. given their their record up until the last few months. And they, yeah, they're, they're going to be
0: a, a, a real, real threat But whoever has to play them. Now they've, they've got
2: the luxury of being the first side through the semi-final, so they can, they can try things out, they can rest players. Knowing that that spot is secured or they can just carry on going full throttle, try and get that top spot in the in the group, and go through kind of riding high. They've got um, a good
1: mix now, haven't they? With Lyon coming back into the side, Berendorf as well, the left arm, the the good third seam that they've been looking for.
2: Yeah, I mean, he he, he bowled, I suppose he was a he was a surprise today, wasn't he? It's was no surprise that Stark bowls Stark bowled brilliantly, but England wouldn't have thought at the end of this match that Berendorf would have come away with a with a five-fer, his first in ODI in cricket. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they suddenly got decent options. I think I think the the general thing on Australia was they had maybe six really good players, but the rest of eleven not so much, and not much in reserve. Now that's not necessarily been shown to be true. They actually now seem to have a bit of variety. I mean, this, the the spin threat is still not massively there, but if they can get Lyon to effectively tie up and end a bit more, and and perhaps not go with Zampa, who is meant to be the wicket taking threat, but wasn't really taking wickets and was mm-hmm. leaking runs, then that's another side aspect of their side. I think they can actually improve and, and have done today.
1: Uh, OK, now admittedly you'll be watching Dolly Parton at Glastonbury or whoever's playing but how, how do you see this Tarly, one? Tylee's
2: doing the Sunday Legends slot this time
1: actually. Lovely, lovely. Well, congratulations. <laughs> I'll be covering the England-India game um, on Sunday. How do you see it? Come on. How do I see I've been optimistic at every stage of this tournament so far from England's perspective but I have to say it feels <laughs> a bit of a stretch to see them beating India on Sunday. I suppose, alright, we looking for positives. Uh, India looked vulnerable against
2: Afghanistan on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, the loss of Dawan is perhaps not as significant as England's loss of Roy, but it's still a significant loss. Mm-hmm. Um, that's upset their kind of middle-order balance. Dhoni played that kind of curious innings. Um, but India's attack looks looks pretty strong to me. I mean, Bumrah was was brilliant as he always is, but the way Shami came in to that side, I thought his opening spell against Afghanistan was superb finished it off with the hat-trick mm-hmm. uh, not sure on the fitness of, of Nashua but actually with, with Sammy Bowling like that
0: I don't think it, it matters all that much they haven't lost anything at all I think in, in, in that swap right. uh,
2: and, then, and then you've got the two spinners that we know have, have caused England problems in the past Who, who's, um, who's,
1: who's your 11 then for England if, if, if you've written off Vince you've packed his bags for him and sent him to Coventry who's in your 11
2: well if, if he's off that's because Roy's back in hopefully
1: so if Roy's is uh, not fit does Vince get another go
2: I think he does. I think he does. I don't. I don't because the other option really is, is moving everyone up or, or moving Moen up to open. I don't think Moen's in any kind of form to, to no. open. No, so That no. probably does give Vince a reprieve, and then I'd be wrong at the first opportunity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wrong from 20 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess surely, the surely, surely come in endorsing Dawson, you your, your time is him. now, surely. <laughs> 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 oh, my word. This would, of course, be English cricket's crowning glory, the purest. And most exquisite English of failures. Favorites for their own tournament, a tournament conceived to eliminate the freak result and bummed out before the before the last four. It really
2: would be a classic, almost unbeatable for, for four years in the lead-up. too so, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, would, it would really top everything that we've that we've seen before, and not in a
1: good way. Um, one last thing: we saw a we saw some great 50-over cricket today. I thought from Australia, it was it was a good old-fashioned game of cricket. It moved around a bit. You had to play the, the situation. Play each ball on its merits, and you, you saw some real class, at least from one of the sides today. I thought.
2: Yeah, I thought they were really well polished, really well organised. Um, I think I think the, the conditions in in this World Cup, which have perhaps taken people a surprise, that it's not three fifty; it's more like three hundred or three twenty. That's really played into Australia's favour as well. It means that Finch and Warner can start kind of um, sedately, Mm -hmm. comparatively to to some other sides. Yeah. Because because we saw today, again, their middle order is fragile. So Finch and Warner have to do that for for a reason. They have to make sure that they're still there, or at least one of them is still there after 15 overs. Yeah. um, Because otherwise it can start to fall apart quite quickly. And yeah, the fact that scores haven't been so high have allowed them to bed in. Uh, and they've both done it brilliantly. I think that was their third 100 partnership in four innings right. uh, so far. Which, again, just goes to emphasise the loss of Jason Roy. The opening partnerships have been huge <laughs> in this in this World
0: Cup. And England's has been taken away from them. And Australia's is doing unbelievably well. And it's no coincidence that Australia are through and England are
2: clinging on by the fingertips.
1: Well, there's that name again, um, Jason Roy. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, with more nonsense and tomfoolery Joe of course will be at Glastonbury in a hole somewhere rocking back and forth just uttering Jason Roy, Jason Roy, Jason Roy (laughs) under his breath (laughs) This has been the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast yet another one in partnership with Travel Bag creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979 Uh, Don't forget to subscribe via the podcast app or Spotify and thanks for listening, we'll be back tomorrow, thank you Joe and go and enjoy yourself Cheers
0: now Podcast Network.